Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. So, our reading is Romans 8, beginning at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. A number of years ago, we went camping in the south of France. One day, we hired some canoes to paddle down a local river. We agreed a a downstream rendezvous point with the canoe company who promised to pick us up and take us home. We set off. The first seven minutes were glorious. The views were amazing. But then suddenly the heavens opened and for the next two hours the rain came crashing down. Our canoe filled with water. We were in danger of sinking. We were only wearing summer clothes. We got dangerously cold. It was utterly grim. But the one thing that kept us going was the thought of that rendezvous point and a lift back home to safety. Finally, we made it shattered, soaking and shivering. But there was no one there. We waited an hour, still no one. And then gradually it dawned on us. The canoe company had completely forgotten about us. The whole time we'd been out on the river, soaking and shivering, they had been in some warm office, probably drinking some fancy French coffee, and completely unconcerned about our plight. Now, don't worry. I'm not speaking to you from a French riverbank. We, we were eventually rescued. But here's the point. It is a terrible thing to discover That a person we've trusted in, a person we thought was concerned for us, has actually completely forgotten about us. As we continue our series in Romans 8, we saw last week that, that Christians aren't immune from groaning as we live in a world that groans. There will be sighs and sorrows, tears and troubles. Christians get cancer and Christians lose their jobs and struggle with depression and get bullied at school and get let down by friends and find ourselves at the graveside of someone we love. And as we groan, it can feel like the God we have placed our trust in. Well, it can feel like he's forgotten about us, that he's not concerned about us. Last week, we heard some stunning news A day is coming when our journey through this life will be over and God will be there. He will adopt us into his new family. He will redeem our bodies. Groaning will give way to glory and that hope will not let us down. God has not forgotten about us. But today, there's more good news to push my canoe story to its breaking point, God won't just be there on the bank to welcome us home. He's also in the boat with us now, 
every second of the journey. Look down at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This groaning world makes us weak. We desperately need help. Last week we saw it was hope that helps us keep going. This week, in the same way as hope, it is the Spirit who helps keep us going. How? Well, verse 26 continues. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Wonderfully, the Bible has lots to say to us about how we should pray. But the problem in verse 26 is not lack of Bible knowledge. The problem is that we live in a groaning world. When I was at school, 3D picture puzzles were all the rage. You've probably seen them. At at first glance, you see a picture that looks like a jumble of lines and shapes that make no sense. You if you squint and do a handstand and, and close one eye, maybe, just maybe, you might see this stunning 3D shape pop out at you from the page. I remember during one lesson at school, we were given one of these puzzles. And I can remember all my friends around me going, wow, that's amazing. But for the life of me, I simply couldn't see the picture. As hard as I tried, I just saw random lines and squiggles. And in verse 26, Paul is describing a situation where a Christian looks out at life in front of them. And no matter how hard they try to discern a plan, a picture, a sensible way forward, they just see chaos. Verse 27, they want to do God's will. But what on earth is God's will when all they can see is mess? This is the weakness of verse 26, baffled by a groaning world. We can be baffled by complicated decisions. Imagine you get an offer of a new job, a job you really want with good pay. That's a good thing, but it would mean moving. It would mean taking the kids out of school. That's a bad thing. But then one of them has been bullied at school. So maybe a move is good. Uh, It would mean leaving a church family you love. That's bad. But you you would be able to be closer to your new church and so be more involved. That's good. But what about parents? The new place is closer to your in-laws. And that's a good thing because they aren't very well at the moment. But it means being further from your parents. And that's a bad thing. This is what life is like. In a groaning world, what is God's will? It can be hard to know how to pray. Or we can be baffled by impossible decisions. Imagine we have a friend who has incurable cancer. They only have months to live. We go and visit them. They are clearly in pain. They ask us to pray with them. How do you pray? Yes, you pray that the Lord would ease the pain and comfort them in their distress. But then, do you pray the Lord would would spare them a, a few more months? Or do you pray the Lord would take them home to be with him? 
We, we live in a world that groans. What is God's will? It can be hard to know how to pray. Or we can be baffled by grief. Grief can make the room spin. It can hit us in the pit of our stomach. We can feel like we are walking around in a dream or, or more like a nightmare. Thoughts come rushing at us. Emotions tug us in all kinds of directions. It can be hard to put a sentence together or a thought. We want to pray, but we don't have the words. We just don't know what to say to God. In a world that groans, we grieve. And raw grief can make it so very hard to know how to pray. The Apostle Paul knows how hard prayer can be. In his letter to the Philippians, he he writes from prison. He recognizes this might be the end for him. He might not make it. And so he doesn't know how to pray. Should he pray that, that God keeps him alive, this would mean he can go on preaching the gospel. Or should he pray that God would take him home? Then he would be with Christ, which is better by far. He doesn't know how to pray. Or in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes about a painful thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but clearly something that caused him great distress. But what is God's will? Three times Paul prayed that God would take the thorn away. And who wouldn't pray that prayer? But it turns out that God had different plans. The thorn would stay so that Paul would discover God's power in his weakness. But Paul only finds out that this is God's plan after many agonizing prayers. And so when Paul says we don't know what to pray, he really means it. Verse 26, we we do not know how we should pray. But he continues... But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Some of the details here are tricky. I don't think Paul is talking about the gift of speaking in tongues because these groans contain no words. Also, this is the experience of of every Christian, whereas the gift of tongues is given to only some Christians. No, I think it's more likely that Paul is describing groans that come from a confused and hurting Christian. But they are groans inspired by the Spirit. Perhaps there is a parallel here with how Christians cry out, Abba, Father, back in verse 15. We make the cry, but only because the Spirit leads us. And so back in verse 26, the groaning is our groaning, but it's a groaning led by the Spirit. So if you were to walk by the bedroom door of a Christian experiencing verse 26, what would you hear? I think we might hear sobbing. We might hear a cry of pain. We might hear attempts to put words and sentences together, but the attempt trails off into a sigh, a groan. That is what we might hear. But what about God? 
Verse 27 gives us the answer. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. It's as if God gets out his spiritual stethoscope and he hears beyond the audible groans and he listens to our hearts, the center of our emotions and longings. And what does God hear? Well, the answer is mind-boggling. God perceives the mind of the Spirit within our hearts. More than that, he hears the Spirit of God interceding for us. When we're weak and confused, as we groan, the Spirit prays for us. We might be baffled by the world in front of us, like some 3D picture puzzle. We, we just cannot get it. But the Spirit is never baffled. He, he sees perfectly. He understands what God's good will is, even in the mess. And when the Spirit prays according to God's will, we know the answer to that prayer will always be yes. There absolutely is mystery here. How is it possible that as we groan and struggle to pray, that in that moment the Spirit prays according to God's perfect will? I don't know. But just because we don't understand how it works, let's not push against the promise As we groan, the Spirit prays. What difference would it make for us to believe this promise? Well, here are four things. First, we don't need to wait until we have the words. Sometimes it's easy to think we can only call out to God in prayer once we know what we should pray imperfectly formed sentences that are all logical and well-reasoned. But, but these verses show us that, that God doesn't need perfect sentences or even words. Groans are enough. A friend pointed me to Psalm 6 this week where David only managed to weep and God took the weeping as a prayer and answered it. Now look, I'm not saying we should be lazy in our prayers Verse 26 is not a grunt of apathy, but rather a groan of anguish. But here is the good news. God takes us as we are. If all we have is a groan, a tear, a sigh, take it to God. When we're weak and confused, as we groan, the Spirit prays for us. Second, it's okay to be baffled. Sometimes we might feel guilty that we don't know how to pray. We think, if I was a better Christian, or if I knew my Bible better, then I would get the prayer right. But even Paul, at times, didn't know how to pray. It is okay to be baffled. And we don't need to panic. Our confusion about how to pray, it won't stop God's good plans for us coming to pass when we're weak and confused as we groan the spirit prays for us third god isn't just watching us 
He is also understanding us. I wonder if you've seen one of those CCTV control rooms where someone is sat at a desk watching dozens of TV screens. Sometimes it can feel like God is up in heaven, sat at a control room, watching us from above in a cold and dispassionate way. But verse 27 says something much more encouraging. God isn't just watching us. He is understanding us. He knows our hearts. Even if we cannot get the words out, even if all we can manage are tears, God understands our deepest longings, our greatest fears, our most crippling pain. He gets us in a way no one else does. He has not forgotten us. No, he is actively understanding us every step of the way. And fourth, God is not against us. Back in the day when I was young and trendy, well, at least when I was young, one of the big bands of the day was called Travis. And without realizing it, I think many Christians borrow their view of God from a line in a Travis song. Don't worry, I won't sing it. But it goes like this. Why does it always rain on me? Is it because I lied when I was 17? When we find ourselves groaning, when we are weak and overwhelmed by living in a fallen world, it's easy to think that God is mad at us for some past mistake, that God is punishing us. But verse 27 gives us a different answer. When we groan because of this fallen world, we are actually being prayed for by the Holy Spirit. God is not against us when we groan. No, he's for us. It is a terrible thing to discover that a person we have trusted in, a person we thought was concerned for us, has actually completely forgotten about us. Not so with God. When our journey home is over, he will be there to welcome us in. And until then, he is there every step of the way, helping us until we are home. When we're weak and confused, as we groan, the Spirit prays for us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your Spirit. We thank you that even when we don't know how to pray, that he takes our groans and through them prays according to your good and perfect will. Father, comfort us with this good news. Help us to believe it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.